What is up, everybody? This is Alex, and you are listening to the American Toffee Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Um, I'd like to do a Wolves post-match um, episode today. I'd like to kind of go over the main events of the game or the match, kind of what I saw, um, you know, who I thought played well, who I thought didn't, um, a couple of other opinions. I'm sure if you saw the match or you heard about it, then you know there's plenty of opinions to be had over this one in particular. And then I kind of look, or I like to talk about, you know, what we're going to see moving forward in the near future, specifically next weekend. So starting off, um, Everton played away at Wolves yesterday, and they ended with a 2-2 draw on the road, Um, which is funny because, you know, if you go back and look, I think in the last five years alone, I th- I want to say three or four out of the last five years, the first match of the season is a 2-2 draw. Um, I know we've done it to Arsenal. Um, I can't remember the other team specifically, but I, I should have looked that up because it's it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty um, general scoreline for us it seems to start off the season but in context I thought it was a really good result so to start things off um front the front was uh Richarlison on the left Cenk Tosin and then Walcott on the right midfield trio of Sigurdsson, Ghana and Schneiderlin a back four of Coleman, Keane, Jagielka and Baines and then finally Pickford and goal um which is exactly what I thought it would be as of um, middle of last week. So I'm proud to announce that I called it. Uh, but we started off, um, <clears throat> Richarlison scored kind of on a knockdown from a corner in the 17th minute. So, you know, what a way to start off your Everton career, especially away from home. Um, what really, really annoyed me in the pre-match show, specifically for NBC, and then, um, and then you know, during the match, all the commentators talked about was a how great Wolves were in the transfer market and b how much Everton spent on Richarlison. They kept saying, "Oh, his fee was 52 million dollars." Well, that's misleading because you know, most of the transfers you see are in pounds, not dollars. Um, I think it's 35 million pounds going up to, you know, about 50 million pounds in add-ons performance-based add-ons. So in reality, you know, they probably paid, I don't I, I don't know the conversion off the top of my head, but I'd say close to $40 million for Charlison. And then performance-based, it could get up to $52 million or maybe 52.5, whatever they said. But it was really pissing me off because of the fact that, you know, we, we saw a ton this summer, specifically transfer deadline day and after signing with Charlison, how biased the media is towards... Um, Everton in a negative way um and it was just they just wouldn't shut up about it and it really really pissed me off um because in my opinion we were I would say top three in the transfer market for the summer for sure maybe even top two I don't know that I'd go as far as top number one but we did really really well so that was annoying uh glad he did it um you could tell the commentators really didn't want to praise him for it you know just the the obligatory uh oh he was in the right place right time you know he was just there blah blah but either way fantastic start 
So <clears throat> about 20 minutes later in the 40th minute, Jagielka had um, kind of a poor touch after a pass from Michael Keane. And um, he ended up having to make a tackle to redeem himself, and he was given a straight red card. Now, this was a huge to-do. It still is throughout the weekend. I've seen commentators from um, the United States, from the UK, you know, asking why was it given, you know, this, that, and the other. So, on the NBC stream, I know some of you may be listening from England, and I know, obviously, y'all don't uh, tune into NBC, but on NBC, the commentators were saying, oh, uh, so what we're hearing is that it's a denial of goal-scoring opportunity and that it's also endangering another player by excessive force because his leg was straight. And then one of them also piped in and said that uh, he obviously went over the ball with his studs up. Well, here's what it is, right? Um, a, he did not go over the ball with his studs up, right? Okay, he had a straight leg, but it doesn't matter. He got all ball and then made contact with the player. His foot was nowhere near raised above the ball. Um, furthermore, denial of a cl clear goal-scoring opportunity. Um, he got the ball, and the ball was traveling in the opposite direction because he got the ball. Therefore, it's not a denial of a clear goal-scoring opportunity. If Jagielka did not do that, um, it wouldn't have occurred. So both players went in 50-50 on the ball. Jagiel can make a challenge. He wasn't, or made a challenge, excuse me. He wasn't looking at the player. Uh, you know, he there was no um, malintent. So, you know, I don't agree there. You know, then they're going to say, oh, it's excessive force. Well, that's not true either because it was just a simple slide tackle. That was it. Did, you know, did his studs, did his studs catch the opposition player, you know, on the ankle a little bit? Yeah, they did. But the thing is, he got the ball first. So in my opinion, it doesn't matter. Maybe is it a yellow card because it was somewhat of a hard tackle? Sure, sure. I can, I can, you know, agree with that. You know, hey, Jags, here's a yellow. Tone it down. But a straight red in the 40th minute is ridiculous for me. So that, um, you know, and the and the worst part was, I saw that commentators from different from all the different um, studios were asking referees, you know, or the referees specifically um you know okay so what's it given for is it is it for clear goal scoring opportunity or is it for um, excessive force and initially they said both and now apparently they have um they have decided it's just for excessive force so apparently as of right now it's a three match ban obviously um not including uh yesterday so i don't know what's going to happen um I don't know if maybe they'll reduce it to a one-match ban. I have no idea. It's probably doubtful, but it's pretty bad when a lot of the commentators agree. So we'll see what happens. In that moment, um, Sigurdsson was taken off in favor of Holgate um, so that Mason Holgate could partner Keane in the center of defense. Um, people were kind of confused. Richarlison was sitting on a yellow at that point, but here's what I will say. Uh, we needed Richarlison and Walcott on the pitch still because of their pace you know it helps keep the opposition's back line and midfield a little more honest um so i think that helped a lot and it was the right decision you could see gilfie was a little annoyed that he had to come out in the 40th minute but again you know he, you know he, he's not the type to cause issues he knows why it's not a personal thing it has to do with the fact that he really needed pace so 
I think overall, good decision. Um, Holgate and Keane ended up looking pretty good throughout the match, but um, to back it up a little bit, because of the red card, right, um, Ruben Neves got a free kick for the alleged foul, I'll say, right? Well, he buried it. Here are the issues, right? First issue, huge issue, everyone pointed out after the match. I didn't notice it because naturally, there, you know, there are a couple of minutes after giving the red card, um, Jagielka walking off the pitch, making a substitution, everyone getting in place for the free kick. Ruben Neves took this free kick five, six, seven yards further forward, closer to the goal than the, than the alleged, I'll keep remembering to add, the alleged foul was committed. And then he sinks it which is a huge slap in the face. All of it was just a slap in the face. Now, um, I'd like to quote my buddy Matt. He was a goalkeeper. Um, we're hoping, I'm hoping to get him on the, on the show <clears throat> within the next couple weeks as, as my very first guest. But in talking to Matt, um, he pointed out a couple things that I didn't notice. Um, first off, he talked about how when the free kick was taken, Jordan Pickford was off balance. Um, I personally take it, take it for what it's worth can't really talk on the off-balance portion, but he also pointed out that when it was taken, or right as it was being taken, um, Pickford took a step, step and a half towards his near post, right where the wall was was placed, and Ruben Neves buried it far post in the top right corner. Um, and the worst part was, you know, Pickford got pretty close to it, and then you, so you kind of wonder, okay, if he didn't creep over, um, if he wasn't caught cheating. Maybe he could have saved it. I don't know. It was a really good free kick. But again, um, some things to consider. Uh, I, I wouldn't chalk that up to, um, you know, Pickford really making a mistake, I guess. But again, I'm not, you know, I've never played goalkeeper. I I, I am not a keeper coach. I don't, I don't know. You know, and that could also be something that he does on a regular basis and Neves knew he would do. So who knows? Um so the boys go down the tunnel, come out for the second half, and whatever Marco Silva said to them uh, during halftime rallied the troops really, really well. And when I say that, I mean in the second half, we looked better than in the first in the first half, and we were a man down. Maybe even two men if you count uh, Craig Pawson, but that's a uh, debate for another time. Uh, Wolves looked really toothless, honestly, for the most part. I think we controlled the game better. If anyone looked like scoring for the second half, it was us. Uh, you know, fast forward and about 20 minutes and Richarlison then scores a beautiful second goal. Uh, it was from the left side of the box to the bottom right corner of the goal as calm as you'd like. Uh, a lot of people on Twitter were talking about how it was kind of Thierry Henry-esque and I'd agree, but you know, the confidence um, <clears throat> you could see in his face when he took the shot, he knew he buried it. It was a fantastic goal. It was beautiful. Uh, please, I have written in my notes, in all caps, please watch this goal numerous times to get hyped for next week because I personally cannot stop watching it. I've watched it multiple times since yesterday, um, and it's really exciting to think that, you know, on his debut, he's got a brace. Um, not sure what we would have done without him, but, you know, let's not, let's not dwell on the negatives here. So we go up. Once again, 2-1, uh, and in about the 80th minute, the Wolves equalized 2-2 with an inch-perfect cross from Ruben Neves to Raul Jimenez. Um, Keane was supposed to be marking, or was 
let me not say that. Keane was marking him, but he also had another player to be marking at the same time. And again, the, the cross was inch perfect, and I mean that, you know, that's no exaggeration. It was, an, it was a beautiful cross. I don't think Keane can be faulted at all. So, you know, I'd like to talk about some, you know, a lot of positives taken from the match. Obviously, as a disclaimer, I was really annoyed at the draw in general. Um, but after further reflection, which is actually why I waited until today to do the episode, I kind of wanted to think on it for a day, uh, get the emotions kind of cleared out. So here's some positives, right? Number one, and this may seem stupid, but we went ahead twice. We scored the, fir- we scored the first goal, they equalized, we scored a second goal. Um, this is important because if you think back to it, I had this thought many, many times last season, I cannot count how many times in matches we went behind. We were always playing catch-up, always, the entirety of last season. So it's really important that we went ahead twice. Now, of course, Wolves, again, they looked pretty toothless. Ruben Neves was really the only threat, but that doesn't matter. It's not the point. The point is, we went ahead twice, even with 10 men, um, so that was fantastic. Second point, the team was much more vocal and demanding of each other when players were out of position or not marking, you know, a runner. Um, I saw Jagielka yelling at many people, Pickford, Schneiderlin, um, you know, Seamus Coleman. So it's good to see that because, you know, the last thing we want to see are just kind of heads down, you know, whatever else. And Jagielka is not always the most vocal captain either. I mean, he can be, but he's not, you know, I wouldn't compare him to a lot of other captains you see so that was good because it means they're holding each other accountable they do you know on the pitch they do look really close they look like we've got a good dressing room um which you'd hope because you know uh 10 out of the 11 players on the pitch have been here for a while but uh that was you know that's kind of an intangible positive for sure i thought the attack looked much more creative Walcott could have done more, but he had, you know, two or three runs in which I think he probably could have scored if he got the ball. I think one was a muffed pass from Richarlison. Definitely um, really important chance, and that was that was annoying to see. And then Cenk Tosin got the ball. He decided to shoot instead of feed Walcott on the right-hand side for a free one-on-one with the keeper. That was annoying as well. I think part of that is... Uh, you know, Jenks not used to, at Everton at least, getting the ball in, in those positions very often. So he's still, I kind of, I think, wired to, you know, having to take it himself. But, you know, those are those are kinks to be worked out. We looked really good, pretty fluid. Here's a hot take. I think Michael Keane had his best performance in Everton shirt yesterday. Um, he was solid in the air. He marked his players pretty well. Obviously, again... He was marking Jimenez for the cross in. They scored the second goal, but it was inch perfect. I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do about it, especially when he had another man he had to pay attention to as well. I'm not going to fault him for it. I think he knows we just brought in two two younger, very, very talented center backs. Uh, he has Holgate, who just got the number two shirt for the season. He knows that his days are going to be limited if he doesn't perform, and he did it. So that's really great. Um, again, as I've kind of already harped on, Richarlison began his Everton career with a brace, which is fantastic. It was especially ironic, given, you know, the commentators just wouldn't shut up about, you know, how he cost $52 million. Um, if you can't tell by now, that really, really, really annoyed me. It's 
just it kills me. It kills me. I don't know. I don't know how many games we're gonna have to sit there, specifically on the NBC streams, and just listen to them talk about it. But I hope it's not that much longer. I hope he continues to kill it, and he shuts him up. Although knowing, you know, knowing uh, commentators and critics, they'll, you know, he'll score the, his first ten goals in ten games, and then they'll ask, then they'll talk about how he needs to do more. But anyway, kind of getting off track. And the last positive from the match, um, the lineup was identical to last season except for Richarlison. Um, we still have five players to bring into the fold, right? Two center backs. Uh, Lucas Digne, he made about a five-minute cameo yesterday, so I'm not going to count him as you know being brought into the fold yet. Uh, we have Bernard, who can play kind of left, right, and attacking midfield, primarily left, and attacking, you know, central attacking midfielder. Um, and then... <clears throat> We still have... Who did I miss? Um, I'm missing someone. Uh, oh, Andre Gomez. There you go. Uh, a nice box-to-box midfielder. I think he's going to be fantastic as well. So it's it's really nice to see, especially after watching preseason, we lost the last six of seven. Or sorry, 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 sorry. We were winless in the last six of seven. I think we lost five of them. So it was good to see. They look, you know, just to kind of wrap that up, that thought up, the team looks like they have a good attitude and they're strong mentally and they've bought into Silva and how he wants to play, which is extremely important. That's what we need. Furthermore, they look like they know that their time is very limited if they don't step up and perform now a la Michael Keane, and he did it. Baines also had a good game, which is important too, because, um, you know, as I said, my opinion very much is it's Leighton Baines' starting spot at left back to lose. You know, Digne comes in, he looks um, like a really good defender. You know, he's very strong defensively. He's got, you know, good aerial ability, good passing, pretty quick, but it's Leighton Baines' spot to lose. I don't think he's going to lose it for next week. So, looking forward, we've got Southampton at home, Goodison Park, Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, That is 3 p.m. in England, as most of you would know. Um, I think we may see some of the deadline day signings make the bench. I don't think any are going to start except for maybe Kurt Zuma. And even then, I'd prefer to see Holgate get time instead. That is kind of one caveat is, you know bringing Kurt Zuma and Yeri Mina, two fantastic center backs, both, I think, 23 years old. Um, Kurt Zuma might be 24, but I really hope that it doesn't stifle kind of uh, um, Mason Holgate. I think he's going to be a fantastic center back for the club. Um, you can obviously see how much Marco Silva rates him, giving him the number two shirt. That's a huge deal. Um, so I really hope that you know, out of Keane, Holgate, Zuma, and Mina, I, I kind of hope Zuma is last on the list <clears throat> because, you know, obviously he's on loan. There's no op- no official option to buy, but, again, that's that's also kind of some personal bias. I really do prefer homegrown players, but not that Mason is, is fully. Um, I do expect the rest of the squad to be unchanged except for that one center back s- slot unless... Um, Richarlison actually has an injury. He, he came off in the 85th, 86th minute for Digne. And 
I don't, I, you know, it was mentioned that he might have, you know, some cramping or something. Hopefully it's nothing serious because we really need him. I think it's going to be the same 11, barring that, uh, that uh, center back slot. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, this also gives us another work, week to work tactically and get fitness up after the first match of the season. Because, you know, there's a difference between training, you know, it kind of goes in order, There, you know, um, in terms of uh, how difficult and demanding it is on your body, on your muscles, you know, it, it kind of goes training and then a preseason match, but nothing compares to an actual match, a, a Premier League match. So now that they have the first one under their belt, you know, the, the, the team did look very fit, which is good. Um, so this gives us a week to kind of get some new personalities in the dressing room, um, keep working tactically, uh, understanding the defensive organization that we saw, which was pretty good, and so on. Um, as far as my prediction for Saturday, I think we're looking at a 2-0 two, two or 3-0 win. Um, I say this because we're at home. We should be feeling confident after our display this weekend. So, you know, I, I firmly f believe that, uh, that, we, um, that we should feel good going into the match. Um, again, I thought it was a really good performance regardless of going, you know, drawing 2-2. Two -two. uh, and I think it, it's, it's a nice precursor for how the rest of the season's going to go. As far as the season, um, and I should have I should have done this last last episode. I was, I was really mad at myself for not doing it. But I'd like to make a prediction for the season. And here's my hot take. <clears throat> and I say that in an ironic tone. I think that we are going to hit 7th place. We have the potential to snag 6th. But it depends. That's going to mean, A, <clears throat> all of our new signings, um, you know, get acclimated really well and perform well. B, we don't have too many injuries. And C, maybe Arsenal or, um, I'm going to say, maybe Spurs don't perform the way that they should. We'll see. I'd like to go for a safe bet. Seventh, which seems to be the general... Um, the general, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Consensus. There we go. General consensus. But mark my words, I think it's going to be two or three nil win on Saturday to get us kickstarted for the rest of the season. So to wrap this up, um, I really, really appreciate you guys tuning in. Please check out the Everton subreddit if you don't already have an account on Reddit. Um, go to reddit.com, make an account search for Everton. We have, I think we're closing in on 12,000 subscribers now for the subreddit, but it's an awesome place because, you know, you have people from all across the world sharing, you know, different articles, news articles, uh, having discussions about lineup predictions. We have um, match threads so you can kind of talk to other, Everton uh, Ever other Evertonians during the match, which is a lot of fun. Um, the Everton subreddit is really who I mainly kind of started podcasting for. It's it's a good way for me to interact with other fans. Um, and if you're on the sub, please provide feedback and or some banter, you know, on my opinions. I, I, again, I really only podcast so that I can interact with all of you um, other than my friend Matt who I think may start be starting to become a self-proclaimed Everton fan. Um, I don't have any, you know, it's, it's not the, um, the, the most supported team in the state. So I do it to interact with y'all. So please, you know, uh, I had someone, I had someone last week or yeah, last week 
you know, comment on a couple of my takes and have a nice short conversation with me. Um, and I really, really appreciate that. I live for it. So please do that. If you're listening, you know, pull it up. I have, you know, I was kind of lazy, um, when I first started, but the, uh, the, um, podcast is now on iTunes. It's on Spotify. It's on Google play music, and it's on Stitcher for anybody that uses Stitcher. Uh, I also have a website I can post it. It's kind of bare bones. I don't really update it or anything. I just use it to host the episodes. Please follow me on Twitter at AlexJ757. Um, I'm kind of using that because currently the only way I have or I'm able to kind of um, push out the podcast episodes is Reddit. I just literally just post once as to not kind of span the sub. And, you know, however many people check it out or even see it, um, that's what I get. So I'm kind of trying to use Twitter. Uh, so please give me a follow at AlexJ757. Hit me up you know, whatever you'd like to do. I really want to interact with everyone. It's so much fun for me. I'm still working on getting intro music. Uh, well, my buddy Matt's working on that as well as hopefully, um, schedules allowing Matt will be on an episode next week or the week after. So that's my first chance at, um, kind of having a guest on the show. So I'd really like to make it a little more interesting for y'all instead of having to listen to me talk, you know, for 30 minutes by myself. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. I thought it was a good weekend. You should be really excited and hyped for next Saturday, Southampton at home. Again, 10 a.m. Eastern or 3 p.m. in England. And I will see you all later.